Welcome back to Sports Legends of the Carolinas, and thank you for subscribing. I'm your host, Scott Fowler, and on this podcast, we speak with some of my favorite sports icons from the region I've covered for almost 30 years. I always felt like I was always having to prove that I was just as good as other players. Charlie Scott was the first African-American athlete to receive a scholarship to the University of North Carolina. Scott also won an Olympic gold medal with the U.S. team in 1968. Banged it back to Charlie Scott. Here come the men in green. Scott's on the inside. Move there was foul. He's got the basket. And in 2018, Charlie Scott was inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. Charlie Scott to Nate Thurman. Up and in. Thanks again for supporting this work. Here's the rest of our conversation. I wanted to ask you about the Olympics next. Charlie, you had a great experience winning a gold medal in the Olympics in a very volatile time for the Olympics and America at large. Uh, John Carlos and Tommy Smith had a, a you know a famous uh, uh, moment during the national anthem. I just wonder if you could sort of describe your experience at the Mexico City Olympics. Well, you know. Um uh, you know, John Carlos, and, and, and this is another uh, a deep, deep story. John Carlos and I went to junior high school together. What? We went, yeah, John uh-huh. Carlos is from New York City. We went to junior high school, 139 together. And at that. that time, when we were in junior high school, they used to have a day called Field Day. And we used to run, they didn't have the 100 or 200, they used to run the 60 yard dash. And I used to beat John every time in the 60 yard dash. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, you know, so I knew John from, I knew John from, from, from junior high school. But the Olympics, uh, I mean, the circumstances, uh, I'll never forget Adrian Brundridge was the head of the Olympic Committee. And um, when John and, and, and Tommy uh, uh, did their uh, display, that next, uh, that afternoon or evening, uh, they called all of the Olympians, they called us all, into, we, had, we had to go to a meeting. And they called us all into a meeting. And uh, First, they had uh, Jesse Owens speak to us, you know, because they wanted Jesse Owens to tell us that, you know, this was not the place to uh, make, uh, uh, you know, you know, stands for, you know, you know, civil rights and things like that. So uh, they had Jesse Owens speak to us. And to be honest with you, I mean, this is the only thing that I, I, after the truth, that I regret that we ever did in our life is that we at that time kind of booed them out of there. You know, we didn't want to hear it at that time. This was you know, 60s, 68. Wow. And, and Boo Jesse Owens out of the, uh, yeah, out of the arena. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. No, well, you know, out of the uh, meeting. Because, out of the meeting. Well, because, right. Because, yes. you know, you know, we Y'all were, didn't want to hear that. No, well, yeah. not at that time. Was this yeah. all athletes or only the African-American athletes? Only African-American athletes. He oh, said he wow. brought only the African-American athletes. Huh. You know, and uh, maybe because John, you know, because they had kicked John. Yeah. And, but, and, tell what they did for, for those listeners who are younger and don't, and don't really understand what John Carlos and Tommy Smith well, had, had well, done. Well, what John and Tommy did was that uh, 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 John and Tommy, 200-meter race, uh, uh, Tommy came in first, John came in third. But uh, on the podium, they raised a black fist and it had a black glove. And Avery Brundridge took that as a, 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 a insult to, 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 to the circumstances. The United States leads the Olympics in medal awards. Men stood on the victory platform with bowed heads, wearing black socks and gloves in a racial protest. And then they were immediately kicked off the Olympic team and kicked out of the Olympic village and had to, were immediately sent home. 
you know, at that time, you know, and um, huge and, controversy. Oh, well, I yes. mean, and not only a huge controversy, I think it was very costly to them uh, in their lives, in their lives after that point in time. I mean, there was a, I remember reading at a time where uh, Tommy Smith said he had to work at a car car wash, you know, washing cars, you know, and, and people would come in, get their car washed, and then take a picture with them, you know. But I mean, yeah, I mean, they, I mean. I mean, it was very tough, and then A.B. Brundridge uh, made it very clear. And in fact, uh, he took uh, a couple of us, me and Spencer Hayward, aside because we were only, at that time, 18 years old. Mm. And he wanted us to understand that, that he was very serious that if we were to do anything of that nature, that they would, that they would uh, uh, kick us off the Olympic team. And the thing about it was that when you're on the Olympic team, they held your passports with you also because it was a group circumstance. So, I mean, I didn't want to be left in Mexico City without the kick off the Olympic team right, with, sure. with yeah. no uh, with no uh, uh, passports. You get back and, you know, and and and, and, and I, I just these were my first really time traveling, you know, out of the country. And, and, and uh, I just, I mean, he... Uh, he made it very clear to us that we were not going to be able to do anything without having repercussions at that time, not later, but at that right particular then. point in time. So what happened after Jesse Owens uh, was well, at that Je- meeting? What well, happened after then? Jesse did that, of course, you know, uh, uh, no players, no, no, you know, uh, it wasn't Jesse that 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 really made us change mind. It was when A.B. Brundage said what he was going to do. Uh, you know, yes, that, the, that people, the threat, the threat of, of, of course, like you said, you know, they the Olympic team, the Olympic team had your passport. You in another country, so you can't get out of that country without your passport. Wow! So if they tell yeah. you they're kicking you off the team and whatnot, strand you in Mexico yeah, City, you in Mexico City and whatnot. You know, it was you know. So I mean, especially. At that time, you know, it was my first time ever traveling outside. You know, I didn't know. I mean, I, you know, we had going to Russia. But I mean, my first time really, you know, I, I mean, yeah, it was, it was a scary event to hear what he said and to think that that possibly could have happened to anybody. So, yeah, we adhered to what he said at that time. So no one did anything. So when you won the gold, y'all hadn't finished yet, I guess. No, we hadn't finished yet. So when you won the gold well, I mean, medal, well, I mean, when I mean, a... won the gold medal, yeah, we, uh, you know, we, we collected our gold medal. But one thing I did, which I do regret I did do, is that I know because they had flights and I had my flight out later that night. And I remember that I took off my uniform, I put it on the floor, Got my bags and left and left my uniform right there on the floor. Never got it. Never had it yet. Really? Yeah, I left my uniform. As sort of a form of uh, protest? Yeah, like I don't want to fall protest, yeah, at that time. Huh. I just left my uniform. So I, now I, you don't have that uniform. I don't have the uniform in it. Wow. Well, I don't think Do you I was still have your gold one. medal? Yeah, I still have yeah. my gold medal. I still have my gold medal. Let me think. But no, the uniform, no. no, no. The gold medal, we won. I mean, that's what I was probably Right, yeah, sure. Because especially since the next year they lost it. And we were the last team to keep the, right. to, to, to keep winning the string on with, with one, like 68 games in a row. That's right. Like that. It was 72, 72 when they finally the lost. They lost. And the that super the controversial Russian Yeah, yeah thing. Russia. Yeah. yeah, the basket at the end. Yeah. I did not know that story. What a courageous act by John Carlos and Tommy Smith and the 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 amount of time it took for that to be thought of as courageous as opposed to well well you know, you know with those, and the people don't understand that you know with Tommy the, the other guy that was up on the on the stand with them the Australian guy the Australian right? guy mm-hmm. he got it I mean because he went along with it 
I mean, he was. I mean, he was demonized back in Australia for a long time. And yes. I mean, I mean, I mean, people forget that part. I mean, the courage he took, he was even part. Of it, but he was demonized for going along with the circumstances. And, and, right. and, you know, I had forgotten that part. Uh, well, to, to uh, skip ahead a little bit, Charlie, but you're um, you left UNC after. I mean, after you. You graduated uh, from UNC with a, what was your degree in? Uh, 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 business, no, business, history. I'm sorry, history. Oh, history. <laughs> I want to take business. Okay, I, 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 no business. What I wanted, you know, no, no business was the hardest things there. Oh, now, okay, Dick yeah. and all them took business courses. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah. then you played not in the NBA at first, but with the ABA with the Virginia Squires, where people forget you averaged, I think, 27 points or Rookie of the Year, and then in uh, your second year led the entire ABA, I think, with 34.6. Yeah. And that yeah. was the team Dr. J was on, right? Yeah, Julius Irving was on the team with, with me on that. Scott from 12. And you were the, and you outscored Julius Irving. Yeah, I was the leading score on the team. You know. <laughs> There's Charlie Scott on the attack. That must have been a hard team to defend. How did y'all play that? Did you just... No, well, you know, ABA was, you yeah. know, you know, I, and the thing about it is that, you know, uh, people think that, I mean, that was great. Well, I played three years with Connie Hawkinson with the leading score. So I mean, and Connie Hawkins is really the prototype of Julius Irving. Yeah. So I played with three, two of the greatest one-on-one uh, -on -one players that ever played from New York City, and I, I was a leading scorer with, when I played with both of them. So I mean, that that uh, that's a, well. I mean, I was I was fortunate in the fact that I was a six-six uh, guard at the time, which you know at that time there was maybe one other, which was Oscar Robinson. Oh yeah, so you were you so, were taller, so I'm a prototype, you know, and you were a leaper guy. also, as yeah. well as a great shooter. Yeah, so I mean, so I mean, position no three point wise. line though. Yeah, no three point. Yeah. But I mean, well, in the ABA, in the ABA, ABA, you ABA but I didn't yeah. shoot many three point lines. Shoot many three point. Really, three point line was way back then, a lot further back than they have it now. Oh right, right, you right. Know, you know, so yeah. what was the ABA like? Was that a was that a kind of crazy league that like I'm, the NBA now? Was it? Yeah, that's all it is. I mean, the NBA, huh. has, you know, it was, you know, more. Well, not the NBA now. The NBA is in the 70s and the 80s. Okay. The NBA now is very robotic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, but like the NBA, like, uh, uh, with with Magic and them, with, you know. you know. What do you think the glory era of the NBA was? Well, I mean, it, it wasn't even when I played. I would have to say when the Isaiah Magic uh, uh, Bird and all. I mean, I mean, the I 80s, think that, the 80s. I mm -hmm. think the 80s had some of the greatest teams that ever played basketball. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I know I'm biased. I think that the, that the, the Celtics had probably the greatest front line that ever played basketball. In Paris, Bird and McHale. I think it's probably the greatest front line you ever gonna see play basketball. Mm -hmm. That fit together so well. But I think the I think the 80s. You know, and the battles between Detroit, Philly. No, Detroit. And, and, and LA and LA and Boston and Detroit and Boston and Chicago and Detroit, you know, I mean, Philly and, and New York. I mean, there was, I mean, I think there were a lot of great teams at that time. Definitely like, you know, a lot of great teams, a lot of great competitive teams at that time. Basketball was fun to watch and I knew everybody. Now yeah. if you turn on TV, I couldn't name a player that come out of college so early. I don't know a guy's name. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you stay in college one you year. You don't like it now the way they run to the three point lines and well, I, I, I don't, I, I don't like it because I don't think I, I, I think that you uh, you take away the ability to play for a lot of players because now you run to hey, I mean, how do you like to see a seven foot guy in at the three point line? I mean, what, what the hell is he doing at the three point line shooting a three point and you're seven feet tall? That's the most ridiculous thing I ever seen. I mean, you watch Milwaukee play and see Lopez go to the three-point line. 
you know, I say, why do I need to be seven foot if I'm going to go shoot a three-point? I better get a little smaller guy who can shoot a lot better. I don't mm. need a three-point. I don't need a seven-footer to shoot a three-pointer. Yeah, the big man's been uh, mostly yeah. taken out of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Unless you're uh, Giannis. Yeah, or, yeah. Well, I mean, well, and then and then they open it up. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody. You know, everybody else ended the three point line, so he so he can drive. <laughs> so, he yeah. so he can drive. Yeah, yeah. You played on a great team. Tell me about the Celtics team that you won an NBA championship with. Well, I mean, I, I was fortunate. I played with you know a, 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 a five Hall of Famers. You know, we all know you know JoJo White, Dave Cowan, John Havlicek, Paul Salas, and Don Nelson. I mean, I mean, I played with you know I had great teammates. You know what I mean, and. Uh, I played for Red All back. I mean, the greatest thrill to be a Celtic, you know, and 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 really, Boston is a great city to play for. I mean, I ain't say living. I say, but a great city to play for. <laughs> it's a great city to play for. I got the greatest fans in the world. They weren't rough though. I've, you always hear Boston fans are really rough, or is well, that just they, to the well, opposing well, well, team? Well, well, you know what though, I think East City is the person. I had the personality. Uh, East sports team had the personality of a city. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the you look at the Boston Celtics team, they they personified what the city was: physical, tough, you know, cold, you know, you know, you know. I mean, and you look at L.A. when when Magic them fluid, Hollywood, you know, teams really most of the time they you know they they model the city that they're from. I mean, the personality of the team. You try to get the personality of the team to be the personality of the city because that's how the city embraces them because, you know, that's their team. That's their personality. You uh, And y'all will beat Phoenix in the final, I think. Yeah, we'll beat Phoenix, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. we'll beat Phoenix in the final. And it was, it, it was like poetic justice because I had got traded from Phoenix to Boston and and, and we ended up playing them in the finals, and 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 then that became a good fairy tale story. Mm-hmm. And the triple overtime game and all that. So you know, it, you know, it, I, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of great things happen to me in basketball. You uh, retired when you were how old? Uh, Thirty-two. And what what caused you? Were you injury, or did, were you? What? Why did you retire? Well, you know what? It's really funny because it was something that. I mean, I woke up and said I was doing the same thing at 30 that I was doing that when I was 12. And, and I felt like that there was more I could do in life than, than just be a basketball player. And, and, then, and, and to be honest, if I was making 20 or $30 million what they're making now, I'd have played until I was 40. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> right. uh, uh, the thing about it was that, you know, I mean, I had, a, I had a good salary, but it was a salary that was comparable to having a great job. So I, I felt like, you know, and I always said, you know, the neighborhood I lived in, always lived in, I was the only athlete. So the other people were doing other things that were making just as much money as I was. Mm-hmm. So there had to be other things, opportunities that was just as worthy at, or just as financially rewarding as playing uh, playing basketball. So, I mean, I was always into that type of mindset. So you really just kind of uh, burned out on it. I mean, you were, you were it wasn't like... I had a knee injury and I couldn't possibly walk anymore or anything. Well, I you wasn't just, burnt out. I just felt like I wanted to. There was I more mean, to life. There was more to life than just basketball. Hmm. You know, and, and like I said, um, I played it. Like I said, because I never had family. It was always to me. It was my family. It was the camaraderie. You know, it was my brothers and whatnot. And when it got to you, started getting traded from team to team. Then it's no longer family. Then then it's commodity. Then it, yeah. then then, it, then it, you know it was paycheck. And that's when I said, you know, I could, you know, I was making at that time maybe two fifty, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand a year. And I said, you know, there are jobs out there that you know, I can I I can make this type of money. Now if I was making. 
25 million. I'll be still out there. You have to take me off with a crutch. Right. Salaries have changed. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, salaries have changed a whole lot since then. So, I mean, I mean and I mean, so what did you find in life after? After well, I'm, that, I'm, I'm, what what did you spend the next? Uh, I guess forty years at this point. Oh uh, well, 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 really, I I um I'm, I I lived in L.A. and I had a business out there, and then you know, uh, uh, then I uh I, I went into sports marketing for a while. I, I worked with Champion in sports marketing, did a lot of sports marketing, you know, uh, uh, and worked with the NBA for a while. And know? had three uh, wonderful children, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Two Tar Heels and one and one and one Buckeye. Yes. Uh, you know, so I, you know, I had you know two. Um, my, my daughter and son that went to North Carolina University, North Carolina, and another son that went to play for the Ohio State. So I'm Shannon Dean Scott, Scott went to yeah, went to Ohio, Ohio State, State, and then y'all moved up there for a while. Right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, in fact, my wife you know, told me that she didn't know where. Where, where I was going to be, but she was going to be in Columbus for four years. So, uh, <laughs> so I got there. I said I was going to live in Columbus for four years too. Then. You know, so yeah. You know, That's so, uh, Trudy. That's yeah, your, yeah, your yeah, wife, right? Y'all been now. married a long time. 30 some years now. Yeah, yeah. yes. Um, and so now, how's your health these Oh, days? my health, I've been very fortunate. That I, you know, I, I have good health and, and for hopefully I'll, I'll stay that way. And, you know, life has been... I've been very fortunate, like I said, you know, life has been uh, very good to me and I'm very appreciative of the things. And, and it all started from, you know, uh, uh, University of North Carolina, I feel like. When you were, and just two more things. One is what, when you look back on your life now, um, what, what are you, what, what are you most proud of? Family. You know, I mean, I mean, because I think that, that that's what, uh, uh I mean, I, uh, my, I would say, Coach Smith is still the way I judge, you know, what I do. And, and the most important thing to Coach Smith and what he had taught us was family. You know, family is the most important thing, you know, and, 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 and what you do with your family, I think, is the most important thing. I mean, that to me would be my biggest, uh, 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 I, I, think, uh, I think, you know, that's the most thing I'm most proud of. Mm -hmm. you know family because um, I didn't come from a family I mean it's the total opposite of, of what I grew up in and and, and, and to uh, to have a, a family that that you know uh, uh, is is really a, a very uh, been the most rewarding thing in, in my life mm -hmm. Yes, you made a family, right? You didn't necessarily have one, but you. Or, you well, know, you yeah, made two, really—a yeah, basketball yeah. family and a yeah, well, yeah, traditional you know, you family. Know, I, have, I have my Carolina family, yeah. you know, and, and and I have my. But I mean, but you know, uh, I mean, it all starts, you know, like you know, that uh, the uh, the most important thing that I think I've done is, is, is my family, and 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 and, and uh, I look at success as, as my children's success. Mm -hmm. And the last thing, when you if you look back at Charlie Scott at age twenty two, around that age, somewhere anywhere in your twenties, and you could look back and talk to that person right now, what would you tell them? What advice would you give twenty two year old Charlie Scott? Uh, enjoy it more. Mm. You know, I mean, I uh, I uh, I say, you know, like. Um, Sometimes you're so busy, you're going through it that you, I, 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 I did, I, like I said, I didn't get opportunity to enjoy all the things that I accomplished. I didn't get opportunity, to, I, I didn't get opportunity to enjoy college. Mm 
I, I, I didn't get really to enjoy college. I got the opportunity to go to college, but not to enjoy college. Uh, and then, to be honest with you, I never got job. I didn't enjoy pro basketball because the fact it was the fact that I felt like everyone felt like, well, you know, he was a star around just all white players, you know. So I had I always felt like I was always having to prove that I was just as good as other players, you know, because I mean, because, you know, as a black ball player that went to all white school and played in an all white conference, people said, well, you were good because you just did, you just played in an all white conference. You did not play against, you know, you did not play in the Big Ten or you did not play in the Far West. You did not play against, you know, you played in the conference where you were the only one for the whole, whole time. So, you know, are you really that good? And so I've always felt like I had to always prove Mm-hmm. You know, you know my ability as as far as being, uh, um, you know, capable of playing, you know, uh, with anybody, you know. But I mean, but um, it, I mean, it was it, it's a blessing and and and, and, and it was a blessing and kind of you know a problem, you know, that I've always felt like I had to always prove myself rather than being accepted. You know, like I think a lot of players, you know, when you come out of college, Calvin Murphy. Pete Mavis, you accepted they're great. Rick Mount, you accepted they're great. Uh, Dan, Dan Isley, even though he went to, uh, you know, you accepted they're great. But, well, Charlie Scott, he played in North Carolina. You know, there's no other black guys down there. He played, you know, he, and especially when I'm playing in the South and I'm playing where there's Earl Moreau down the road and Henry Logan down the road. Well, he didn't play against those guys, so we don't know how good he Maybe they would be. So, I mean, I mean, it was, it was always to me a, a, a point of having to, you know, approve. A, a, a that I was a good basketball player, you know. So that's why, I mean, that, that's how I always played it. So like I said, I never, you know, I don't think it wasn't until I, um, probably not until my, until I won the championship with Boston that I ever got really satisfaction that I, uh, uh, about being a basketball because then I felt like I had done all the things. You really had taken every step. Yeah, I had taken every step that, you know, and succeeded at, at that level where the question was, would you be a, a, would you be a champion? Would, I mean, you're a great ball player, but would you be a champion? And, 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 and I felt like, you know, when I won at Boston, that was really the culmination of, what I wanted to do, because I mean, I, I played I played basketball as a team sport to win, mm-hmm. and 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 and, and uh, the opportunity to win a championship and to play for and, and to win one took away uh, you know really any doubts that anyone could have that you know uh, are you a winner you know and and basically. I don't know why I put that pressure on myself because I had won at every level I've ever played at, but I've always felt like that was the uh, the test, that the testament of, of, of how good of a basketball player was, was whether I a champion in that sport. Hmm. Enjoy it more. Well, those are wise words from Charlie Scott. This has been a wonderful interview, Charlie, and thank you for being part of Sports Legends of the Carolinas. Thank you again for subscribing and supporting local journalism. Next. Hello, I'm Wesley Walls, and I'm the next guest on the Sports Legends of the Carolinas. Tune in to listen to a good old Mississippi boy tell some football stories and also some life stories. Should be fun. I'm Scott Fowler, and this is Sports Legends of the Carolinas. This show is produced by Jeff Siner and Kata Stevens, and the director of audio at McClatchy is Davin Coburn. For lots more content and to continue supporting this kind of work, 
please visit charlotteobserver.com slash sportslegends and consider a digital subscription. Connect with me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fowler or by email at sfowler at charlotteobserver.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you hear, please share with a friend. See you next week.